Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of The Wannabe Entrepreneur. How are you? Everything okay? My name is Tiago. Nice to meet you for the new people listening to this podcast. This is the podcast of what it's really like to bootstrap a company. For the more courageous of you, go ahead and listen to the first episodes. Then you'll meet the younger Tiago, the Tiago that just quit his job as a software developer to focus into his indie projects. Back then, that Tiago, he didn't even know what indie projects were like, what was this notion of indie hacker. The new Tiago, or the older one, well... He has learned a lot, and actually, we have learned a lot. I've been uh, bringing you along in uh, these indie adventures, and it's really exciting because this indie community, the community of people that bootstrap their projects, which basically mean that we start projects without any investment from you know VCs and investors, this is quite young. It's a young community and we are still figuring out how to manage companies this way. For the ones that do not know me, or again, they are kind of starting this journey listening to the wannabe entrepreneur, I am 30 years old. Three, zero. And that means that I was born in 1992 and I am a millennial. I am not the youngest generation out there, neither am I the oldest. But I am part of this generation of people that were told that we could accomplish anything. If you are a follower of Simon Sinek, he has a bunch of really interesting talks about this. But he says that we grew in this generation that came after the war, after the big wars. So... We lived our childhoods and our teenage years, for most of, of us at least, were with a nice stable economical status. My parents were middle class or a bit even above that. And we grew up really nice. We were privileged in that way. Of course, we were not rich, but we could travel, we could do a lot of great, amazing things. And one thing that is common among a lot of us millennials is that we were taught that we could do anything. That we had the freedom to follow our dreams. That any one of us could become president of a country. That we could run our own McDonald's. <laughs> yes, that's true. However... Is this a reality? Well, certainly it's not. Not everyone can become the president, right? There's only two presidents, right? <laughs> I know, I'm trying this thing where I try to crack some jokes, but there's only one president. So, of course, that in our lifetime, there'll be, I don't know, what, 30 presidents? No, less, right? Because there's uh, every four years or so, what, 20 presidents? So we cannot all become presidents. Maybe you can start a club. If you start your own club, you can become a president. So there was a time when people were actually discussing 
this, saying that there was a problem with the millennials, the problem with this generation, a problem that we were told that we could do anything, and because of that, we grew up to be this useless piece of shit <laughs> that is super entitled, and that we just want, especially in the tech world, we just want our avocados, our lactose-free milk, and we want to be spoiled. We don't want to do anything. There was a lot of these people, a lot of uh, talk around us millennials not being able to accomplish, not having what it takes. But it's funny because now I we are starting to see something incredible. We are starting to see this this um, generation of millennials of ac accomplishing things that were never accomplished before. Things that probably the previous generations wouldn't even dare to try. We have created many new professions, right? Uh, now there's YouTubers. That's a real thing. Kids these days, they don't want to become soccer players. They want to become YouTubers. You can actually make a living out of Instagram, for instance. You can be an influencer. Tell me if this is not a kind of job that an entitled kid once dreamed to have. A kid that just maybe because people told him or her that they could do whatever they wanted, they pursued this. Of course, that technology also enabled this. But a lot of this technology has been also created by millennials. If you have seen the newest advancements, the new kind of, um, well, the advancements in AI, the advancements with uh, even the new business models, right? With the software as a service, which is something that is new. Uh, if maybe 20 years ago, you try to convince someone to instead of buying your software, to just buy a subscription, and you would they would never actually own it, that if they stop paying, they would just stop using it. A lot of people would say that you're crazy. But now, this is happening. This is actually possible. So, maybe this, this education idea of actually telling people, not discouraging kids and telling them that they can do whatever they want, not saying that it works 100%, but maybe it's not as useless as everyone thought. Mostly because... People only start actually accomplishing great things normally after 30s, right? I know that there are these kids, by the way, also millennials, that started huge tech companies, right? Like Facebook, I think Zuckerberg is still a millennial. And they did that in their early 20s. But most of the time, like if you, if you look at politics, if you look at the people that are kind of ruling the world, they're all older than 40 or so, right? And name a president that is younger than 40 years old. It's probably really rare. So they just didn't give enough time for millennials to start showing what they can do. And this is funny. This is funny because we should never take things for granted. Things can change. Things can change really, really fast. Let me give you an example of a volleyball match I watched. This was the most vicious teams playing with each other. 
they came from different parts of the country just to fight each other in the volleyball court. There was fighting, there was blood, there was tears. The game was here in Lisbon, and the teams were, uh, one of the teams at least, was from my then 12-year-old cousin. Her and her team of four were playing their rivals that came from other part of the country and to, to play each other. And I was there watching that game. I always loved volleyball, my cousin as well, uh, both of them actually, so her brother. Uh, she's the youngest of us, and uh, she actually practiced volleyball in kind of semi, well, I wouldn't say professional level, but she took the training really serious, and they were playing with each other. They were playing, and the game was really tight, super tight. So there will be one point for one team, another point for the other team, and we reach the end. And uh, in this kind of um, games, you either win by reaching the final number of points or you win when the time runs out and you, they basically see who has the most points. The time was about to run out and they were very tight, as I was saying. And I think it was like 25 to 20, let's say my cousin's team was losing. So we were a bit discouraged. We thought that it was not possible for him to recover in one minute. But one interesting thing about these kind of games is things can change. You know, things can change in a minute. Suddenly, I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened to my cousin's team. But they started playing super well. They got in the zone. So they scored one point and another point and another point. And at this point, I was just screaming. I was thrilled. I just wanted them to win. And then my cousin passes the ball to the other side. The clock rings. It's the end of the game. But it's still not because the ball needs to touch the floor. So the game only actually ends when this point is over. And the ball is rolling and rolling. And if you try to picture this, four 12-year-old girls trying to reach the ball in slow motion, but they can't. And the ball is about to fall and bam, just in the line. At this point, I'm completely crazy. And my mom and my uncle are saying, hey, Tiago, chill out, man. <laughs> it's just 12-year-old here. You cannot curse that much. So I apologize to everyone. But I was really excited. They end up winning the game. And without knowing, my 12-year-old cousin taught me the most important lesson of all. That 12-year-old cannot play volleyball really well. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, she didn't really taught me something new. <laughs> but she kind of reminded me about this. About the fact that everything can change. However, I'm not saying that we just just tell our kids that everything is possible. Because to make your dreams come true, that often means that you need to do a lot of sacrifices. It's not easy. So we should not expect that things will just be delivered to us. In today's world, with so many people 
being competitive, especially with access to information that there is, it's really hard to succeed. So we should should always suspect if someone gives us something out of nowhere. And Joe and I were also suspecting when we got this email. An email from an influencer, an influencer that has millions of followers on TikTok. I don't know if you recognize this, but how to name your baby, part one. If you have seen him doing this bit, you would have recognized it, I assume, from this little intro. But basically, he got really known by doing this how to name your baby sketches where he would basically throw things down the stairs and kind of from the sound that the things of this or these objects were making colliding with the floor, he would come up with the names for babies from people on all over the world, right? So how to name your Chinese baby, how to name your German baby, how to name your Portuguese baby. Actually, I'm not sure if he did any with Portuguese. Uh, but yeah, so it's funny because João knew him. And he was super excited. He told me, Tiago, this is impossible. Like, how come this guy is reaching out to us? And better than that, he's offering to do a sketch for us for only, for only 100 bucks. Just for you to understand, when I do a sponsor here in this podcast, this podcast that has about 200 listeners per episode, I ask for 80 bucks per episode. So when you have someone that has millions of followers across multiple platforms and is just only asking for 100 bucks, we got suspicious. We thought that this should be, it's probably spam. <laughs> like it makes no sense, right? It's too good to be true. But if it was for me, I would just ignore it. I would just continue my life and mark this as spam. But João... He's a little bit more cautious, a little bit more patient. And he said, let, let me try to understand. One other thing that kind of put me off was the fact that the email, the email that was coming, where this message was coming from, was not from Teddy. It was from some agency. So, yeah, we thought something smelled fishy, that something was not right. But João insisted. João insisted and did some research and... At some point, he was able to connect this agency to this guy. So we thought, okay, maybe this is legit. But why is he only asking for 100 bucks? Well, there's only one way to find out if this is legit or not. We need to see his face. We need to have a talk with him to figure this out. So we asked him, hey, when are you available for a talk so that we can better discuss the details of this sponsorship? And he said, tomorrow. Okay. He accepted it. He accepted the talk. That uh, means that, uh, I don't know, either, either he has some re really well-made scheme to trick us or this is legit. <laughs> so we had the talk. Jean and I were ready. And finally, it's time to join the call. We click on the link and we except Teddy. So he enters in our call and we hear a voice. Someone speaking in a quite good um, in a quite good uh, English accent 
and uh, is saying hello and speaking to us. And two interesting things came up to my head. First of all, I was for some reason expecting this accent, how to name your baby. But of course, that's not his real accent. But there was also something that was weird. He was not showing his face. And that's kind of a red flag for us because, I mean, we want to see his face. We wanted to match his face with the face we are used to see on TikTok. So he came up with this excuse saying that he was kind of putting his uh, kid to sleep. So everything was dark and he couldn't show his face. Okay, we said fine. And we had a full discussion with him about the details, about the reason why he wanted to do the sponsorship. He basically said that he's now entering more towards the AI, trying to do more sketches around the AI. And since it's so new, he just wants to try it out. And that's why he's asking only for 100 bucks. The voice checked out. It was similar to the one on TikTok. And he really he knew a lot about the business, about the TikTok and everything. So it seemed legit. We were kind of convinced. Well, I was kind of convinced. Well, was so-so. So he said, hey, can you at least show us your face so that I know it's you? I thought it was a little bit rude. But... I, now, thinking back, I think it was definitely the right call. And he said, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Because my kid is already asleep, so I think I can uh, go out of the room. And then the video turns on and bam, <laughs> there he is. The how to name me our baby guy. He even said, he even did the how to name your baby sketch for us. So that we could really see that it was him. Wow. Things did not turn out as we initially expected. We expected to be spam. We were convinced that it was going to be spam. So then we said, all right, let's do this. So we were kind of discussing. Uh, there was two possibilities. One was for him to just do his normal sketch and then just speak about pod squeeze in the end, you know, like the NordVPN that you, you probably already know or he heard. Uh, but the other possibility was for him to just do a sketch only around pot squeeze so we at first we thought okay maybe it's more interesting to do something more around pot squeeze but then i just told him hey you are the content creator you are the expert whatever you want to do let's do it and then we did it we paid 100 bucks in advance and we waited for the video we were very excited joan was very excited joan was saying yeah this are, he has like millions of subscribers. He has millions of views. This will make a dent. Like we will see a lot of traffic coming to our website. Are we Are we sure that everything is ready? Are we sure that the machines are running and you have enough fuel? Like, Jean, you don't understand anything about computers, dude. <laughs> There's no fuel involved. <laughs> and we, we waited. We waited for the video to be online and... It was online in the beginning of this week. I shared it on Twitter even. And I just ran to TikTok. I don't even have TikTok or uh, Instagram. I only have Twitter. WB Tiago, by the way. And But I think it's still public because I was able to see the video. And I clicked. And the video is really well, is really well made. He's a good video editor. And he's also the actor. Everything is really well. He really explains pot squeeze and... In the video, he's kind of is talking about AI tools. So he's saying AI tool number one, AI tool number two, 
And he seems really excited about it. Even though I know that it's a video, that this excitement is not real, he really acted super well. So we were excited because the video was well made. It was clear to understand what Postgres was uh, all about. So we just waited to get that traffic, you know, that wave of traffic of millions of people. But then again, there's another twist. Because things are not as easy as uh, we think. Well, it turns out that his audience, the audience that he was able to grow his channel with, they are not that interested on AI, especially not interested in checking out some random tool. They are there for the comedy. They are there for the how to name your baby videos. So normally his videos have thousands or even millions of views, but this one had in the first day around 400 views. Granted, he shared it across multiple platforms and we definitely got some traffic out of it, but A, was not measurable and B, was nothing compared to the other videos. So in the end, this was a complete roller coaster, right? At first, we thought it was not him. Then we realized it was him. We were super excited. We thought that this would make a dent in our traffic. And then uh, it didn't. To be honest, we don't know. And if you ask me, would you do it again? Yes, for sure, I would. Because 400 bucks, having a video well made from an uh, influencer... I mean, this this well, you would pay more than hundred bucks to have this because now we can use this video to share it on our social media to connect it with our website, and for sure we got some traffic. And this traffic maybe converted one two people. So if if we converted two people of the lowest tier, that's already more than enough to pay what we pay him. So yeah, it was not the success we initial envisioned. Envision, but it was still good. I liked it. But if you think that that was the only surprise of the week, then na, 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 you young, innocent child. No, there's much more. Now, do you remember me talking about changing API providers? We had, or we are using currently in a provider to do the transcription of PodSqueeze that is quite expensive, and we have been trying to find others that are cheaper. And we found one that was very cheap. When I say very cheap, it's like 10 times cheaper than the current provider. It's crazy. Yes, it's crazy. And we was, were kind of going back and forward, and at first the results were not satisf satisfying our needs. But then since the salesperson that was contacting with us was so uh, helpful and she was able to find a version of their software that worked for us really well. We were thrilled. So this happened in the end of April. She told us that this version, this model would be in production by the beginning of May. So we just waited. We waited for 10 days, super excited. Already calculating the new profit margins, thinking that we would go from 75% to close to 90, 90-something 90 percent. We're telling everyone, advertising about our success. But then, the beginning of 
the month came along and in the first week there was nothing radio silence but it's okay we didn't get discouraged we waited a little bit more and finally it was out that model the model that we were waiting for was ready to be used so i rushed to implement and adapt our system to this model the model that we've tried before by the way and it worked and i run it i run it against one of my favorite episodes of this podcast the interview with peter levels and then did you like this sound effect it was good right it was broken it didn't work the diarization was complete crap we are just two people speaking with each other in this interview but somehow the system was able to create two or three more like the the sentences are broken in the middle it just doesn't work so we were very frustrated we thought what what the hell is happening here i mean we tried it we're excited we have been testing multiple systems for more than a month now and suddenly it's just not there so we sent a message we asked her what was going on and she seemed surprised she was like what well, but what is it not why is it not working can you send Send, can you send the output for us? And we, we did send it. And she said, okay, give us one more week. We are trying to understand. One week has passed and nothing. Actually, not nothing. She answered saying that the reason why it was not working was because that diarization model, basically diarization is the, the system that is able to identify different speakers. The diarization model was not working for the, the transcription model we wanted to use, but that's bullshit because we tried it before and it worked. So that was really a bucket of cold water. I don't know if you say this uh, or if, if this is only like a Portuguese expression, but yeah, it was really sad because we trusted this, this team and we thought this would work, but suddenly they say that it's not working. And the most frustrating thing here, to be honest, was the fact that we did not, or we still don't understand how come we had to tell them that it's not working because we tried it against multiple different episodes from different podcasts and none was working. So they should be able to detect this, but why were not they able to do so? Now we are in this situation where João still thinks that they are able, will be able to do something I lost the trust. I don't think that they will able to be able to deliver something. And even if they do, I don't know if I can trust them. Because if they deliver things that are broken to production, who's to say that they won't do the same once our model is depending on them? And then our system will just completely be broken. So again, another perfect example of us celebrating too soon in this case and things changing. Things changing in the last minute. That's why this is kind of the moral of this episode is never to take things for granted. Positive things and negative things. Yes, some millennials will become presidents. Yes, some of them will make incredible rises, make things that are unimaginable because... They were taught that they could do it if they believed in it. 
but others will also have not so great results. It's part of the game, right? So, yeah, now we are just, I, actually, we don't even know what to think. Uh, we'll probably try to find another provider. And we are trying, we'll definitely be more cautious sometime, next time someone sends us a message saying that they are an influencer. Because maybe they are. Maybe those pills really make my thing bigger. <laughs> those pills that I get in the mail, you know? <laughs> The mail, no, in the email, those emails, right? Uh, well, awkward. Do you also get them? Maybe that Nigerian prince really wanted to give me half of his inheritance. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. To conclude this episode, I just want to tell you one last story about another thing that we're not expecting. So, as I have told you and complained about it before to you, I, I'm an, again, I'm an extrovert person and I'm tired of just spending my whole day working from home. I feel like I'm in this prison. I, I feel like that I'm in this amazing city that is Lisbon, in this amazing country with this great weather and I spend my days at home. It's sad. Even though I'm doing something that I, that I love, I am, I should be kind of going out more and, you know, enjoying the city. And I have been trying to find solutions for that for some time. I've tried a lot of co-working spaces and I, I've narrated that to you. And I still didn't find, or I haven't found uh, one that I really enjoyed. One where I had this indie feeling, you know, where there's a lot of indie makers and people around. At the same time, my co-founder, João, is really a guy that loves being at home. He just says, yeah, Tiago, I'm, I'm good here. I don't want to get out. But... Somehow I convinced them that we should have an office day, a day in the week where we just go and work from a co-working space. And secretly, my what I want to achieve here is to get a few makers, indie makers, and we all go and work from there and we create this nice little team or uh, yeah, team of indie makers and we work together and that will be really fun. So yeah, he was not convinced at all. But I told him to try it, and we found a co-working space. Actually, something that I wanted to try for a long time is called Selena here in Lisbon, and it's kind of co-working, co-living, which is a very interesting concept. So you can—it's just for digital nomads. You can just uh, rent a room, like a hotel, and then you can work from there. So we got in, fifteen bucks, and you get internet, coffee for free, uh, a desk, and everything. And the space is amazing. I just get in and I immediately feel this indie vibe. You know, people from all over the world, everyone working their own cool projects. And there's like tables outside. There's a pool. There's a fucking pool, which is amazing, you know. And uh, João, at first, he was not very convinced. It was also very hot, uh, very warm. Well, not, not in the coding space, but just outside. So we started working. We were actually quite productive. So he was excited about it. And then we worked and we got some coffee. We we didn't go to the pool, but we were excited to try it out. And it, actually, in the end, John was saying, yeah, this is cool. I, I can go to the pool next time. We'll bring the swimsuit. And then we go out. Uh, it, it's like already 1030. You know, we like to work late. So we go out and we see this little restaurant of um, Cabo, Cape Verde uh, food. And we have this 
super delicious meal there. Uh, it's like small restaurant, uh, doesn't have like the most amazing vibe, but the food and the people were so great. So we had this great food and then in the end, everyone was like, wow, man, there's so many cool things to explore in Lisbon. I was like, yes. <laughs> so in the end, maybe I convinced them to join um, this idea of having one day per week where we go and work from a coffee place. And if you are in Lisbon and you want to join us, uh, let us know. When I say coffee place, it can also be co-working space. Probably we'll just go back to the same co-working space. But yeah, that will be really cool. And I'm excited to explore that because I want to meet other makers and I want to, you know, enjoy the city and still work and do everything. So, yeah, that's basically it for today. Yeah, that's basically it for today. Thank you again for listening to The Wannabe Entrepreneur. If you have suggestions on things that I should focus more, things that I should improve, if you found this episode funny, <laughs> I tried to make some jokes, I guess. Uh, yeah shoot me a message on WB Tiago on Twitter. If you want to support this podcast, you want it to continue, you can join our community for indie makers, which is incredible. There's people from all over the world. We support each other. It's super fun. We have events. Everything is online based on Slack and it's only 10 bucks per month. And you will be also uh, supporting this podcast, which is amazing. And I would really uh, owe you for that, right? And you want me to owe you, right? Because who knows? I can, uh, I don't know, uh, give you a shout out, maybe, or a massage. Like, I don't know, maybe, uh, or whatever, joke, can write you a song one day, maybe. And all that for 10 bucks now. Uh, only the community, only the access to the community. But yeah, that's it uh, for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I wish you the rest of a great week and weekend and see you next week. Quick update on our email situation. We are now able to send about 1,000 emails per day from our own email server. So that is working. Sweet.